muted. We're live and Jimmy's muted. Off to a flying star tonight. What's up, you beauties? Welcome <laughs> to another episode of High and Wide Radio. I'm your host, Jim Lankavona, as always, joined by Jack Smith. We are on, what I say? We're on episode 17 of season six. I have a script here. I mean, we're just off uh, to a flying star. Here we go. If you're not watching us uh, on YouTube, or if you are watching us live on YouTube, make sure you're subscribed, and please set an alert for future shows. And if you're listening as a podcast, please make sure you're listening and subscribed on Apple Podcast or Spotify to get notifications for future episodes the minute we upload them. And Jack, last week was a hell of an episode. Uh, obviously, Cutter Gauthier was traded, and Flyers get Jamie Drysdale. Uh, who I want to talk about a little bit later in the show, but I think uh, Flyers fans got a glimpse of why you know people uh, were, were so happy to get a player like Drysdale in return. Um, we're going to talk about the Flyers' current win streak, 4-0, and their uh, sweep on the road. Obviously, the title of the episode is called Road Warriors. Flyers are taking care of business away from the uh, home barn this year as they rolled over a couple of pretty heavy teams out West. So definitely want to talk to that, uh, talk about that before we get to our bevy of topics. Uh, I just, I, I want to just kind of update everybody on the standings. Today's January 17th, Jack, 2024. The Philadelphia Flyers currently stand second place in the Metro division. Uh, with 54 points, they are 24 wins, 14, lo 14 losses, and six overtime or shootout losses. Um, they are 10-8-2 at home, 14-6-4 away from home, and 5-3-2 in their last 10. As I mentioned, they're on a four-game win streak, Jack. It wasn't that long ago, maybe two or three shows ago, where we were questioning if the Flyers were kind of coming back down to earth. Do you remember that? I think they were on a, a stretch of like one, three, and three, or one, three, and two. And it was like, okay, like, here we go. Like, things are starting to get a little rough. And they've rebounded. And as I mentioned, here today, January 17th, 2024, the Flyers, through 44 games, Jack, are 10 games over 500. Can you believe that? I would have never believed that. I mean, just seeing how close they are within striking distance of of the Rangers, and as good as the Rangers are, Flyers shouldn't even be in the same tier. And here they are, if the playoffs started today, and I know the games are all messed up and whatnot, but they'd be playing Carolina in the first round with home ice. That's crazy. That is absolutely crazy to me. That is crazy. And, and, and you know, the Flyers have – they're tied for the most games played in the division with the sixth place Islanders and the eighth place Columbus Blue Jackets. But things are starting to even out a little bit. Um, for example, the Penguins have two games in hand on the Flyers. Penguins have 48 points. If they win those two games, they're not passing the Flyers anymore. Same thing with the Capitals. Islanders, as I mentioned, have the same amount of games played. If New Jersey went on a three-game win streak, they'd still be a point behind the Flyers. Right. So if, you know, if, if these teams start winning, they're no longer going to pass the Flyers. Whereas, you know, the last month, month and a half, I mean, I, I was up here saying, you know, the, if, the, if the Flyers keep playing at the same rate, 
the teams behind them are more talented this, you know, better that, games in hand, they're going to win these games and pass the Flyers. Jack, that, that hasn't happened as we stand here today, once again, January 17th. Um, All-Star break is a week or two away. Flyers don't look like they're going anywhere. And as we saw last week, they added a piece to the roster that will make them better for the rest of the season in Jamie Drysdale. He's going to help that power play immensely. I think we saw it from night number one, right? You remember that, that gold Morgan frost scored against the Canadians on the power play. And, you know, maybe it wasn't all that much. It was a subtle little play from Drysdale, you know, but he freed up space for frost. Frost took the space, made a move and buried the shot, you know, and, how about the three-on-threes? Were you able to catch some of those three-on-threes with, with Drysdale and Frost together, Jack? Yeah, absolutely. That outlet pass from uh, Drysdale to Frost was on the money. What a way that would have been to end the game. And Drysdale, sure, I mean, I've started him in fantasy. He's a flyer, you know, like, let's do it. So he gets the assist in the game, and then he had like three or four shots in overtime, too. He wanted it so bad, you know, because the, the crowd, like the crowd treated him like Trey Turner minus the slump. Like they just loved him instantly because of the cutter. They just loved him. And I mean, from his perspective, he probably knows why it's so over the top, but it's not like we're faking it, you know, and at the same time, he's gone through a lot of adversity with the injuries he's been through. So then you get traded, you're a young kid, you get traded, you know, it's a lot to go through. So to come to the new city and have uh, everybody texting you like the, the players we heard, and then to have the fans be like that. I mean, he sure as hell made him feel at home, and uh, it would have been uh, icing on the cake for him to, to pot an overtime goal. But needless to say, outside of him being sick for a couple of games, really hope he plays tomorrow. Um, absolutely been fantastic, all things considered, with how the you know the Gote stuff went down. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, we talked last week. I was excited about the trade because of who they got back, and you know, we kind of got teased a little bit because he played in two games and it's apparent, he's apparently sick. Um, you know, I think last Saturday night was the first night in a while that I didn't have anything to do. And the Flyers just so happened to have a, a road game in Winnipeg on, on Saturday night. I think they started up at eight. So I'm like, oh, I get to kick back, you know, and finally watch Drysdale on, on TV and he ends up getting sick. So I have to wait for that a little bit. Maybe, maybe he gets back into the lineup tomorrow night against, uh, the Dallas stars, but yeah. So Flyers, uh, they go out to the, another little short Western trip. They, they go to Minnesota, who's a heavy team, obviously not the team that everybody thought they would be this year. Um, you know, they're having some trouble. They're one of the bottom teams in the league, but um, a tough team to play against nonetheless, especially for a younger team like the Flyers. Flyers take care of business. Um, next game, Winnipeg. And let's talk about this one, Jack, because the, the, the Jets at the time, and let me just make sure still, the Jets... Uh, at the time, yeah, so they're, they're tied with Vancouver for most points in the league. So, uh, they're they're nine and one in their last 10 games. That one loss was against the Flyers, and this has become a thing this year, right? The Flyers went back, uh, they beat the Avalanche earlier in the year, and, and not just they didn't just eke out a win, they they played with the Avalanche, and I think they beat them like five two, something like that. Um, 
So that, they also beat Vancouver mean, around Christmas time. I think it was right before their slump. But even yeah. then, I remember seeing that game. Like Jesus, this this freaking team. Like they don't lose. They took both games from Vancouver this year, and and they beat Vegas too. I'm pretty sure, right? I think they split. I think they played they split them, with Vegas. Split with Vegas. Okay. Split with the Oilers, who are on fire right now. Yeah. Um, can't. This comes to the top of my head. I'm not. Have they played Boston yet? Not that they're. Well, they're so good. Now that they have two left against Boston, still, I think they split with Los Angeles, though. Yes. And yeah. Los Angeles is pretty good this year. They have a tough test coming up tomorrow night with Dallas, another heavy team. Um, so so we'll see. But I mean, point being, this team is not backing backing away from anybody, you know? Like I I guess they're here to stay, right? I think I tweeted out before the season started. I not that I wanted, because I can't honestly say that I wanted them to finish bottom five, but I was content with it. Like if it was going to happen, okay. Like, what can I do? They're going to finish bottom five. But now today, they're four points out of first place in the Metropolitan Division, seven points out of the top seed in the East. All right, and it's like we're half, we're more than halfway through the season now by a few games. Go win the division. That's where I'm at, Jack. Where are you at? No, I think it's insane. Like you just look at the like the league standings, and you know they do have some of the most games played. But based on the top ten, it's everybody's played between forty three and forty four games. The Avalanche have actually played forty five. Flyers are the ninth best team in the league, and that's three games past the midway point. That doesn't make any sense. I feel like this whole season doesn't make any sense. I think there's a lot of speculation for this trade deadline, but not in the way you would normally think where people think they're in on this player, then they're on that player uh, because a lot of teams have played poorly and a lot of that should have played well. And a lot of teams that should have played poorly have played well. The Flyers are definitely one of them, but also I think Winnipeg, Vancouver, top two teams in the league where at the same time, Ottawa, I don't know how much talent you have to add to that team. whatnot. can't get out of the, the cellar. Um, was another good team. New Jersey's well out of the playoffs. Um, we'll see what happens with even Pittsburgh adding Carlson in the offseason. I mean, according to the wild card standings for the for us, they are on the outside looking in right now. They have some games in hand, but it's gonna be tough. They got to jump teams like Tampa, who is underachieving. Detroit's making a push, good for them. But then Toronto is a really interesting one. They are always in the market for a defenseman, always in the market for a goalie. And did you see that play where Austin Matthews was trying to box out Connor McDavid and the shot came in and he like leaned out of the way of the shot and went in the net? I did, yeah. So that was like a precursor for like how they've been playing all year. Like it's it's like they're talented as anything and Nylander's been great, but the, the GM almost doesn't want, and this has happened in the past with other teams, it's like not going to make a major move, if a, a move at all, because he's just not impressed with how the team is performing. And that could affect how our trade deadline goes, but it also goes to show like this season is just strangest thing. So teams that should be good are not, and teams that should not be good should be tanking are at the top of the league. And yeah, it's kind of hard to do rebuild when that's the case. And the flyers, when we look at them every night, as we do, it's very hard to be upset with anybody. The most I could say is maybe Brink Brink needs a break. You know, Forrester still does all the right things, but he, he just snapped a goal streak, I think, a couple of games ago. 
uh, go scoreless streak rather, you know, but they're young kids. They're, they're like the 21 years old. Like I can't even be upset about that. Both goaltenders for our team are good. What? What in this economy? Like I was uh, die for one, you know, and we were asking questions internally about what's going to go on there with hearts contract looming, you know, connect knees and superstar, like it just through through and through. Like we got guys coming back from injury. We don't know what to do. Now I will say this. If they and I hope Drysdale comes back tomorrow, but if they can't tread water at least with Coots being out, and I don't know how long he's gonna be out, but if it's an expense extended period of time and they still stay pretty good, then I, I give up. I give up on the analysis of this team this year because that doesn't make any sense. Coots is very underrated. I, I mean, let's be real. He always has been, even by Flyers fan, to an extent, even by myself. I mean, it just is what it is. But I think he's showing when he's playing as the Coots we know, he can be a true top-line center, which we all know he is, but like he never got a lot of credit with the league. You see those those top lists come out of centers, and he's there's 32 teams in the league, and he listed mate. He wouldn't be in the top 20, you know, and it always drove us nuts. And I think him being as good as he's been and as healthy as he's been has been huge. And if they can tread water with him being out still, that just shows the depth of this team, the coaching of this team. I, I don't know. I'm like, and now I'm at a loss for words because I just, they, it, it seems set up for them to start losing like they thought they might be, but they have defied all expectations all year long. So who am I to have the gall to think that because Coots is out that they'll fall to pieces? So they have no reason to. And then like Tippett, who's supposed to be like a sniper, which he is, pulls off this r- ridiculous move, you know, backhand lifts it backhand top net like oh, what the hell was that it was ridiculous it was probably the best goal of the flyers this season like it was just this they've been on an absolute tear and really all season all things considered against adversity yeah somebody said at the beginning of the season maybe it was hard like they expect us to lose or they don't believe in us or something like that and maybe it really has fueled them because it is really showing and this is going to be a very interesting dead trade deadline because we may have the greatest rebuilding team in history. <laughs> it is going to be a pretty interesting trade deadline. And before we get to that, I want to touch on, cause you mentioned flyers goaltending and, uh, Carter Hart's supposed to be the undisputed number one goalie on the team. Would you say that Jack? Hart's the number. Well, I mean, in name, Would- Okay, but you would, but we would say like, okay, Hart's supposed to be the number one, or at least we came into the season thinking like, yeah, Hart's the undisputed number one goalie on the team. Canada right? stuff out aside, yeah, I mean, he's been here the longest. He's got, he's more seasoned, yeah. But I'm sure the stats may say otherwise. Would you have expected that through 44 games, Carter Hart has started only 25 of them? Sam Erson has started 19. He's only six and, starts behind. And I'm I think sorry. Hart's only- 24 starts for Hart and 18 starts for Erson. I'm, I'm sorry. So six was a six, Still six, six start yeah. different. Um, and I think Hart's only missed like what, three games because of illness or something. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, it's not like he missed a whole like month or anything. I mean, that's, that's an, and, and it is crazy. And Urson did start off. He had his first two starts were rough, but he's been, damn good after that um I, I, hey i mean i can't say i'm against it when we talk internally with our our you know our group chat and just things we we knock around and i brought it up on here 
typically when you lose power or something. But that that heart contract is looming. And you know, any other year, it's like, of course you sign him. What else? What are your other options? And with, with the needs this team has and the, the track that they're on, is it crazy that they actually could move heart? I mean, a lot of people will tell you you're stupid, and I don't even necessarily disagree with that because you can't go all in on a guy because goaltenders are voodoo. But based on what the organization has done, based on how much draft capital, high draft capital, two second-round picks in goalies this year alone, and guys in the pipeline they have, and a very young Urson playing out of his mind, and maybe you don't want to commit all that money to a heart with what the other needs you have. I, I, I just said the trade deadline is going to be interesting. This offseason is going to be just as interesting. With the Gote stuff and all that, Briere has not had it easy since taking over. I mean, he's had really tough decisions to make. He he traded Prover off. He's got to make a decision on Hart. Um, he had to deal with uh 18-year-old, because if you do the timeline, that's when he would have told him, uh, telling him he doesn't want to play for his franchise. We'll get into that. I don't want to jump the gun. I'm sorry. But he's had to deal with a lot as a rookie GM. And I got to be honest with you, he's he's handled it pretty damn well, if you ask me. And um, But still, that doesn't mean that what, he, what happens next is guaranteed. So, uh, it's tough. It's, I've never, we've never been in this position where we have to, I feel like we're Vancouver of old where they had Corey Schneider and Roberto Luongo, you know, or one of those teams that had two goalies that had to make a decision and a Bernier and quick. That's probably a better comparison because people love Bernier when he was with LA and then he gets traded to Toronto. And it was like, yeah, I think quick was definitely the better guy. And he was already more established too. Uh, so you don't want to find yourself in a situation like that where you make the wrong decision and then you're really screwed. And But I, it's tough because Ursan's played so well. So I, I don't know. It, it, for me, it's one year. I'm a big sample size guy. It's not a lot of sample size for me, but it's not It's not like it's nothing either. So I really don't know. It's And it would be ideal to move somebody at the deadline. I don't think it happens. It's more of an off-season trade. I think they focus on trading defensemen if they can. Because teams that you would normally trade defensemen to may not be in the market because they suck. So I don't right. know. It's it's going to be really interesting. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, so I wanted to also bring up the save percentages. Hart's at nine twelve, and Sam Urson's at nine ten, right behind them. Urson actually has a better goals against average, um, but that's a number I more so put on the team than I do the goalies. Uh, but the numbers are are similar. Ursan's at 2.33 and Carter Hart's at 2.67, which I think might be his best since uh, his his rookie season or his second season. But anyways, the, the point was that both goalies are playing very well. And I think not that they're being overlooked because I don't think that they're being overlooked in a negative way. But a lot of the team success is coming from having two goalies. Right, like we don't have to worry about. Oh man, we got to put in Neuvirth tonight. Might as well <laughs> chalk chalk it up to a, an L. Or uh, who was that guy that they kept sending back and forth? Sandstrom, right? Uh, Remember he yeah. was getting his ass whooped every time they put him in last year. Yeah, um, that kind of stuff has an effect on the team when you have a guy that you know lets in, you know, softy goals. It's like, oh shit, we got to score four if we want to have a chance to win tonight because this guy's in. You know what I mean? Um, and so when you have two goalies that can kind of, you know, close the door 
and you have a team that works as hard as the way the Flyers are working, uh, that might be an unsung reason for their success. You know, because we're I think a lot of us are looking at uh, the Tippets and the Konechnies and the Farabies having good years. Farabies having a breakout year. Easy pick for a breakout season, by the way, right? Um, Couturier, you mentioned earlier in the show, looks more like himself uh, this season. Like, who could have who could have predicted that? You know, uh, Sanheim is doing what he's doing. We have a couple comments here. Let's get to some comments real quick before we move on, Jack. We have Vinit back in the chat. Vinit, thanks for hanging out. Uh, Torts won't do it, but he should sit D'Lo and go with Farabee, Coots, and Brink. TK Frost, Tip, Forrester, Lots, and Cam. Cates, Paling, and Hathaway on the fourth line. Um, I don't know. I don't know if he'll put out those exact lines, but he's he's shown that he can sit Delorier. Didn't he, didn't he sit him against? Uh, was it was it Winnipeg? He, he did sit. Him, I'm not sure who. Teams. He did sit him once, and he but he was like it pained me to do it. You know, he really didn't want to. Yeah, and it, it's a shame. And it, we're kind of and another reason that I bring some of this stuff up, and that's a really good question. That was just yeah. asked. I've heard that asked too. Uh, <laughs> I think because of what we originally discussed. They, if it were Torts, I think they go with Hart. Uh, if it were me, I think I'd go with Hart. But it might be a situation where if I don't like how the series is going early, I'm making a switch. You know, and they, I mean? have that, oh, they have that luxury too. That's that's right. a good thing to, to have. Right. Yeah. And um, and it's almost I almost feel like I'm just doing that out of respect to Hart. You know, because you are the one A essentially. Uh, but I mean, he's short, good. It's not like he's, it's not, yeah, it's not like he's bad, you know, but it's a short, it's kind of like a, sh see short leash sounds like the wrong verbiage too. Cause like, it's like punishment, you know, it's like, no, we're just gonna, we're just gonna do this. Cause you both have played so well, but you both deserve, you know, and it did, you both deserve the shot, but also at the same time, like the freaking defense and Brad Shaw also deserve a lot of credit here too. Yeah. Like it's, it's just crazy. And part of the reason why, and I'm not sure if we're supposed to get into it yet, um, well, look at, see, look at that, that I like this question or this, uh, comment here. Um, you can't commit to heart long-term and you can't trade him, but yeah. So what do you do? Let him walk. Yeah. I mean, he's a free agent after this year. I think he's still restricted. I can't remember, but like it's time to sign him big term. He might only have one more year left. So it's like, what are you going to do? Let him ride. That. I can see that happening, Jack. Well, that would that would that's a good way to not get anything for, from them, you know what I mean? Or because you're giving the player, if you don't do anything, you give the player all the leverage into into the next year. If he goes on, a, if he has one year left restricted, I should look it up. Actually, I do have. Well, he, well he's I do have so stuff. he's taken away any leverage the Flyers might have with this. Is is I think what I'm getting at, you know? So like, so he's got one. He's got one more year next year, 24, 25. Oh, so he has he has one more year. No, no, no. No, I'm saying that after this year, he's got one more restricted free agent year. Uh, so he might want to get paid. So there is some leverage. He wants to get paid, uh, you know, get that eight for eight or whatever they say he's worth and then buy that restricted free agent year, give him real money. Because if you do play that year and they got Urson breathing down his neck, he's really got it. He's could bet on himself. That doesn't always go well for the player, you know, and you get hurt. You know, if he gets hurt, then he can't really show himself. Then you're in a lame duck situation. You got to sign for less. Yeah. So you might want to get paid now. He's playing well now. 
you know, make a decision on me. I said, I went through some bullshit with this team. I really did. I let you, I let you line up a firing squad with that bullshit defense you put in front of me. I got absolutely destroyed. I think like the Lake Tahoe game against Boston and things of that nature. You know, I was here and I stuck through all that and AV shat all over me while the rest of the team skated. Um, I'm, we're playing well. I'm your guy. I'm ready to get paid. Do you just, yeah, okay, you're right. And pay him. And then Ursan's like, what, in a Bob situation where he's like, well, I don't want to be a career backup. You traded me. He goes on to be a stud. I mean, nobody has a crystal ball, but like these are decisions that need to be made. And with this team rebuilding and not getting a top pick this year because of how well they're playing, do you use Hart as some kind of leverage for a pick, a top pick, or just some kind of prospect or some kind of other package? Uh, Zegras has been mentioned. I don't know if that's realistic, but, you know, Things of that nature, like it has a lot to break down here. Yeah, I don't know. I can see him, and I could see the Flyers being okay with uh, if he's an RFA, that means they still control him for one more year, basically. He, um, yeah, unless he like holds out or something. But you know, if he plays really which, well, then he's looking at like again, then he's like which, that contract's like nine mil. God forbid, I don't think he makes 10 mil, but with the cap going up, who the hell knows? I, yeah, the, I, know. I think if he plays well again, the demand is going to be a lot more. And he can just walk. Then you get nothing for him. So well, that's you the know. thing. Even if he does play well, all they have to do is show the side-by-side -side stats of him and Ursan and show him what Ursan's making next year. You know what I mean? Yeah, but if, if they do that, he'll just say, well, that's disrespectful. I'll just somebody will pay, Somebody will pay me, so I'll just walk. Right. That's what I'm saying. So that's what well, I'm saying. Is that's why you got to make the decision now, either sign him or trade him. I don't want to, I don't want to go into next year with him on a one year restricted free agent deal. And then he either walks or you sign. That's him. what I mean. I don't think they have any, I don't think they have that much leverage. Well, the only leverage is if he were to do that and say, I'll bet on myself and he's still risking getting hurt. You know, he's still risking having a bad season, which is possible. Someone, I mean, someone will sign him. But, but if, for how yeah, much? This is the year where you cash in. For him. Uh, it depends. You might want to jump the gun. It'll probably be a sign and trade. You know? I think so. Here's what I think: if they are going to trade, if they are going to get something, I mean, I don't know. Like, think of it this way. Well, think of it this way: if I'm another team and I need a goalie, I don't want to bid on a free agent market on Hart next year. I want to trade for him now and off, you know, have a contract in place, a deal. And have it be reasonable. I don't want to say, look, I'll trade for Hart. It's going to cost you, but I'm going to give you seven and a half for seven years or eight years or something like that. Um, and then obviously a cost to give up stuff. But there are teams that have a plethora, you know, embarrassment of riches who could do that. I think some teams would be more inclined to do that than to go into free agency in two years in the 2025 season, whatever, and have to pay upwards of nine mil, eight for seven years or whatever. I think it's making yeah, I five mil, I, I don't over know. five mil. Is he making five? That's kind of what I can, I could see Hart getting five, six, something like that. The next I, one will be I the think eight, it's nine more than dollar one. I, uh, I think, I honestly, I think, so there was a breakdown goalies at his age, what they made, and he's, he would be in the eight to seven to eight range, and he's probably going to get seven or eight, eight million, eight years, excuse me. Yeah, I He's not, he, and plus the caps, it's inflation too. So it's going to be a little bit more. The cap's going up a little bit. It's not going to be, I don't think there's no way. He's already making pretty much four right now. You're telling me he's only getting a million and a half dollar raise. I think he's, 
especially if it's he probably knows that's all you're offering me. I'll definitely get more in. I'll get more in free agency for sure. He's, he's way agree. better. Jerry, I don't think Jerry and Hart are even the same tier. I, I really don't. I think I'm not a big fan of Jerry at all. I really haven't been. I think Hart is so is much better than Jerry. And it kind of shows this year Penguins are going for it, and yet they're at the season ended today. They're out of the playoffs. If Hart walks in the office and the only two options are to sign him seven by seven or let him walk, what are you doing? Was uh, it, it was either seven, sign him for seven for seven or let him walk? Yeah, I mean it would depend on my confidence in Urson after next year, but that's not the worst deal. Um, you would, would sign him for seven. Probably, yeah. Oh, I would let him go. I you can still trade that contract. Now, if you're like Holgram and you give everybody no no moves, no no uh, no movement clauses and all that stuff, but um, yeah, I mean, this isn't this isn't 2015 anymore. Like the the cat the cap's going up, inflation's going up. Look at some other goalies in the league and what they're making. Goalie is such a it's a position that <laughs> um that's of need. You know, it's not like there's a lot of, it's not like there's a lot of goalies, a lot of goalies out there that are just, you can just pick up a guy if you need him. Um, geez, I, there's a lot of heart. Hey, I thought I was rough on heart. I can kind of see it. So Ant's over here Ant says they may try to give him a two year bridge and give young goalies time to develop. He's uh, already been bridged though, bridge. you know? It's so here, many- here's my thing. I mean, so an example could be, look what they did with Gautier, right? They didn't know Gautier anything. They didn't draft him. He's not their player. Same thing for Hart. They didn't draft them. They have no allegiance to Carter Hart. Oh, you're talking about the regime. Yeah. Right. It's this is our plan. This is what we want to do. I mean, I don't know what it is, but I, I can't imagine they're going to do him any favors based on what happened in the past. You know what I mean? I'll be honest. If I had an employee that can, if I took over a, I don't know, a, let's say a restaurant or something, and they come to me and say, I want to raise because I've done all this in the past. You know what? I would say I wasn't here for any of that. I don't know what you did. Well, I technically, really Breer was, but that. I get what you're saying. But you know so, what I mean, though? Absolutely. I can't, but, I'm not going to pay you based off what you did for somebody else. Right. And that's what the issue with baseball is. But, like, my my point is the the worst outcome is to let him walk, to get nothing. To you Look, they're not getting a top 10 pick this year, top five. You, if you really feel that way, then trade him. Absolute trade him this offseason. Somebody will 100% trade for him and you'll get good assets. If that's how you feel, trade him. Letting him walk would just, you're just letting an asset, a good asset, really good asset go for nothing. I don't so let me ask you this question. If you're a team that's interested in trading for Hart, are you going to give up good assets with the Hockey Canada thing? Because that's kind of the variable here. Well, for what we heard about that, is it's not, nothing can come out. You know what I mean? Now I brought that up in the past. It's one of the reasons why I was kind nope. of for trading him because it's so always looming. Come out, but we, but you we never know, know though. Like, we yeah. like you and I know that they don't want that to come out, right? Do you you know what I'm saying? But that, but there's there's legislation involved with that where they it can't come out. Now I'm, I'm sure a team will take a chance. Maybe I don't know if there's some language in the contract you can sit. You know, I don't know, mm-hmm. but um. Where they're at, it sounds like it can't happen. Now, if they're stuck with them, then they might as well. But letting them, somebody will get a huge deal if they let them walk. I think teams will teams will give up. I think teams have probably already inquired. They did this past offseason, and I think the Flyers could really use, especially if it's draft picks, the capital they could or the prospects they could get back 
And if, if they're hell bent on trading him in a hard deal, I, I was actually when they, we thought he was traded when Provorov was traded, I couldn't wait to see the what we were getting back. And I'm still kind of curious about that. And the, and when I put the rest of our situation together, I'm like, Hart is only the only way I see them getting a a, a pick for a, like a a young top center or even another defense mix. We don't know if Drysdale is going to be a top a top guy. Like he's had injury issues. I loved him in his draft year, but that was how many years ago now? So I mean, he he's the one guy I can see them moving, and it'd be a huge risk um, that can get them the the uh, assets they need to potentially fill those holes. Uh, you know, without you know going all in on Elias Pettersson or something, and when he hits free agency or something of that nature. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't know. Just just for sake of conversation let's say an offer comes the flyers way what's an what's i don't know if they're going to get an overwhelming package uh for for hard like what they got for gotier knowing what was out there right like that they basically needed to trade them yeah Yeah, they they got a really good player and and a pick so i don't want to count them out in a heart trade because i i think we, I, I think I, I feel like I see this whole thing a little bit different. Like if, if I'm, so I guess where the flyers might have leverage is if teams with goalies come knocking uh, a team, that, uh, teams that need goalies come knocking. But if it's, if it's the off season, I think they have even less leverage to move heart because now they can work all things out. There's no pressure. The season's on hold. I'm wondering if the time to trade Hart would be at the deadline. I don't think that that's going to happen. Well, it okay. So goes back to what I was saying earlier. Normally, Jim, totally agree with you. Too many teams are not performing to where they should. Like the Devils in Toronto are two teams that need goaltending, and they we knew this. They're, you know, Toronto's falling. The Devils aren't currently in the playoffs. Like. Who do you trade him to? Edmonton, maybe? You know, and he's from there. I could see them if they have anything left over, you know, giving up a lot. But teams are always going to look at goaltending. Always. I mean, even LA, who's getting pretty decent goaltending from Tam Calbot. I mean, Cam Talbot. How old is he? He's on a one year deal. They're going to roll with him now with their young team. Yeah, I don't think so. Some good points here from Dave. And we have Vegas Whoa, who I'm not sure we've seen in the chat before. Vegas, if you've been here before. Thanks for coming back. Uh, if not, thanks for hanging out. Uh, there's a comment here. Uh, he recollects the Canucks traded Schneider to the Devils for the ninth overall pick in 2013. Horvat to be to be really. That's who Is that who it turned be. out to be? Yeah, it turned out to be Bo Horvat. Not expecting same return, but what is possible? I'll let you take I that, Jake, because I have I no would, idea. I, I mean, who really knows now? Everything changes. But I remember that trade. I remember the whole thing. And I think it was in Jersey when it happened because Batman was, yeah, they booed him and he's like, you're really going to want to hear this. <laughs> and, uh, um, I mean, that, is that not a top 10 pick? Like, I, look, I might not be the ninth pick, but like, it, that's how I just said, we're not going to get back into a top tier pick unless you move a guy like Hart. And I think Hart is much better than quarter Corey Schneider was like he was, he was splitting time with Luongo. Luongo was the one a, and they had a hell of a defense back then, like better than what we have here. 
And I think we're overachieving. And I think of a lot of it's coaching, which is why I think we need to move some guys while we can. But they had some names, you know, back then, back in, what was that, 2011? So I don't know, around there. So I, I don't I don't know exactly. I would prefer a one-for-one one and have that pick be top 10 like that. But then again, you what teams are drafting in the top 10 that are like, okay, we're a goalie away. Let's move this top pick. Yeah. Hart does have youth on his sides, but then at the same time, you're going to have to pay him. There's a lot of factors here. Um, I was almost wishing that Edmonton would bottom out this year or something. They would be prime for that. Um, it, it's tough to say. I mean, once we see it, you know, how many people are like, well, this team got screwed and that team got screwed. I really don't know. I, some kind, if it's a package, some kind of combination of a definitely a first round pick, definitely a level A prospect, and then whatever else. And if it's just a big trade like that, who the hell knows? That's going to depend on where the team lands. But if I'm Briere and I, you know, we're not, we're not going for it this year. We're rebuilding. How do you get the top level picks like that? Well, I think that's, that's if you're hell bent on training hard, that's how you do it. Uh, are you underwhelmed? Would you be underwhelmed? Let's say if it was Shane Pinto and a pick, what's the, is it a first? I don't know. Do you think it could be a first with well, Pinto for Hart? Not this year because they're they're pretty. That'd be a nice pick. They're they're probably where are they? They're like what bottom five team, bottom ten team. So I was trying to look for a bottom five team that really shouldn't be there. That you know could use a goalie, and Ottawa came right up. They probably have to send us Corpusalo because they signed him for like five years. Did they really? Oh my god! I, I, yeah, it was pretty rough. Um, I mean, I, I like Pinto. We need centers. He's got to stop gambling, I guess. Um, <laughs> even though they advertise it everywhere, uh, underwhelms. It would depend on the pick. If it's a, if it's a the tenth pick, you know, I can't, no. I, I mean, I would still be nervous because Hart is good. You know, I would. Well, still what be if nervous. it's what if it's just a second? It would be an early second pick, early second round pick. I feel uh, I it'd be feel like, like in the 35, 36 range at this point, thirty seven. So it's basically a first round pick, but it's a second round. Eh, pick. It's different though. <laughs> That's different though. I mean, yeah, it depends uh, on how I'm much not you sure like. How deep this draft is either this season. Well, I, do you want to, I think you want to get. It's. I think it's good for like the first twenty picks at least. Yeah. Like you're really gonna want those picks. Maybe even maybe more. A lot of defense. So maybe you can snag a center. They, yeah, they pick, they they pick up another second round pick to move up with. You know, really package something. And you get yeah, Shane Pinto. I would hope. I don't know. I'd hope that they could, because uh, Hart's still got youth on his sides too. It's not like Gibson. How old's Gibson at this point? You know, like Gibson's know, supposed to be on the move. Around Markstrom's going to be on point. the move. He hasn't exactly been good this year. I mean, Hart's like premium compared to those other goalies. That's the other thing. What's the What's the rest of the market look like? Who's potentially goaltenders being moved? I think if you put Hart on the market, he'd be the top of the market. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So. uh uh, a good little uh, spontaneous heart discussion there. We weren't expecting that one. What's for crazy show. is all the goals you discussed are all my fantasy team. And all, they all could be traded. <laughs> like, I, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't do too well there, Jim. You know, so it is what it is. Well, I think you're uh, whooping my ass so far this week. It's okay. I'm only checked, anyways. coming back. I'm four and nine, Jim. So uh, look out for me. <laughs> I beat right. you. Another step towards 500, baby. Oh, uh, shit. All right. Let's move on a little bit here. Uh, everyone really hopped on uh, that heart discussion. So uh, 
Let's see if we can get you. This. I, it, is it not like a, it's, I'm telling you, it's not being talked about enough. What the hell they're going to do with Hart in the offseason? Because you have to. This is you don't sign. Teams don't lock up a guy for the eight year deals when he's about to be a restricted, uh, an unrestricted free agent. It's before it. It's always before that, whether it's a year or two. Same with Tippett. Tippett's another discussion that's going to be had too. He he's on a roll right now. He imagine he hits thirty goals this year. He could. He very well nah, could. You gotta you gotta move guys like Risto. They're gonna need some money. You know that was the there was a discussion up in uh, press row last game. It was somebody said that the Flyers should want Tippett to have the season that he's having. This way that. This way they don't have to sign him. And uh, I didn't necessarily agree with that because I want him to play well. Uh, he currently has 16 goals, 27 points in 44 games for Owen Tippett. Uh, if we want to compare that to last year, he is 11 goals off his career high and 11 assists away from his career high. So uh, 33 games to score, 11 goals and 11 assists. To Ties career high. I want to see him score 30 goals. I don't want to see him have a down year. I want to see continue. I want to see progression. And I want to see them pay good players, you know? Um, Sounds like he's, I mean, based on what we've seen and how hot he's been right now, he may, very well may hit 30. Yeah, yeah. If not 28, I mean, probably passed his career high in assists as well, which means he passed his career high in points. He's trending upwards. So if he's negotiating a deal, he's only going to ask for more money. And I like. I hope they better keep him. Unless I mean, I like him. I, I, like I him think. A lot. Remember earlier in the year. So I just brought. This is when they still had Gautier. Um, they never. Had I don't him. know if you remember. I I brought up. We're gonna get to him. Yeah. <laughs> I brought up. I asked you guys. You know, if things keep going the way they're going, would Tippett potentially be a trade chip for you guys? And I think there was mixed. Uh, mixed feelings on that, but uh, you know, just watching him play, uh, he's a streaky player, and and when he's not going, he's not he's not the smartest player out there, which I think is becoming uh, known. Um, so you know, I I kind of dangled that thought out there. Now, once they trade a Gautier, I don't I don't think that you move on from Tippy. I think you kind of need Tippy. He's a good player to have in your top nine. So um, you know, I was just curious. I'm I'm curious to to hear what you know the uh, the guys in the comments think, and you know, I, I think Tippett's part of this, right? For sure. And I mean, he's a guy you traded Drew for, and he's looked really good. We were impressed with him last year. He, uh, I think, we had a shiny new toy in our heads in Cutter Gautier. So you know, Tippett became like second fiddle now that he's gone. And you know, Forrester made the team and whatnot, and Brink was surprising people. So you know, now that things have changed, it's like, oh, Tippett, buddy, hey, you know. So I mean. Keep keep the status quo. Absolutely, he's the guy you definitely keep. And Medin uh, has a good comment here. I, I mean, if we if there was any way they could give him the connect need deal from however long ago, um, was it six years they gave? Yeah, I think it was six years. It was five for five. How great does that connect need deal look now? My God, what a bargain! Um, I don't. If he accepted that, that would be phenomenal. Um, Maybe six for six and five. I don't. I don't know. Uh, it depends on how much of an ass he's going to be. Um, tip and yes, he does have because of that shot. And now he's showing he's got some filthy moves too. Upside is ridiculous. You definitely keep him. Hundred percent. 
Uh, I don't see a, I don't even know what you would trade him for. You know, like you just acquired a defenseman for a potential wing, even younger winger who potentially was supposed to be even better. So that's a good point. All signs point towards, towards keeping him, you know, uh, even if you trade hard, it's not like you need to replace that. You have Urson right there and more guys, a lot more guys on the way. <laughs> I just want to say with all these trades, we're talking so much risk involved, so much risk involved, but we'll see if Breer's got the balls. I think Jim thinks he does because he's been making shirts about how he's got balls in a wheelbarrow. <laughs> so. That's the thing, man. Like we don't, uh, remember when we were like afraid for them to make trades with, with Fletcher, like, Oh my God, like, don't do anything where you're going to get burned, man. Just don't do anything stupid. And uh, I think now we maybe have to trust these guys a little bit because the Provorov trade, I think, I mean, I think we're both in agreement. They came on top in that deal for sure. Right. Like friggin', uh, like what's his name? Sean. I keep wanting to call him Matt Walker. <laughs> yeah. Sean <laughs> Walker. <laughs> Like Sean Walker is like like house money, right? Like he was supposed to be the you know just toss him in. Mm-hmm. Uh, they made out like gangbusters in the Provorov trade, and now they flip Gautier for the coveted right-handed uh, defenseman, top line guy. Like he's making out okay. He's made moves. Can you think of a Briere move that you don't like? Not that no. there's been a lot, but like well, that's good. Like you know what I mean? Like I think the first move Fletcher made when he came in was like. Wayne Simmons, no, is there something? No, it was a goalie. It was uh, Stolarz for Cam Talbot, and Talbot did he maybe play two games and then walked? Like you know, like there were some questions for sure. Uh, oh, and the, the Wayne Simmons deal, which ended up not being like the worst thing in the world. But remember, he had like a deal in place with Calgary right at the final hour, and then Simmons was like, "Yeah, I told you, I'm not going to Calgary. My wife's pregnant." And he had to like pivot to another deal or something right. like that, you know? So. Yeah, it's it makes you scratch your head. Everything Briere's done since taking over, even and we're gonna I'm gonna jump the gun a little bit here. Even what just came out with Scott Hartnell had just said he told and he's this is the Flyers, this is the NHL, this is exactly what you should say. He told Cutter Gautier, you played great. I want it, I have a contract for you. We we will sign you, but it is not guaranteed that you won. Uh, have top line minutes and to make the team at all, you have to earn it. That's how it's supposed to be. And that's how this little run, uh, you know, that, that sent him running for the Hills. I like that you substituted R for C. I did. Oh, wow. Must've been a slip of the tongue. (laughs) Uh, yeah, but, uh, I'm like, I want a GM with balls. It takes balls. You're in charge. You're the boss. You know, you, they don't tell you, you tell them, you know what I mean? Especially an 18 year old kid fucking asshole you know what i mean so like i'm glad i'm everything he's done across the board i'm on board with like i'm so i have full confidence i'll figure this out it's more of a waiting game anticipation taking off this year for the trade deadline like i'm just too intrigued you know and then we'll see how the offseason goes and the draft like christ so yeah i mean let, let's get into that a little bit more like I, I wanted to mention real quick like all of a sudden the flyers roster is taking shape jack like they have their top their top line D like Drysdale was the the piece that I thought was going to be harder to get than a center. Like, I know we got to watch him play more, but like he is what you've, what the first two games you saw, he is that right. Like, you know, he, and he's going to get better, you know, working with Sean towards, I think you've mentioned that a couple times. I'm excited for that. Like I will, I, for in the future, I'm going to turn on flyers games 
just to watch Drysdale. That's how much fun I think he is to watch. Um, I'm going to see him in person tomorrow. He better play. Yeah, you know? uh, yeah, I hope so. But his his first pass, like like out of the zone in the neutral zone, I heard it was good. But like that game that you were referring to with Frost, Jesus Christ, especially in overtime. Like I know it's more open ice, but like he made it look so so easy. Like I don't even think he was looking at Frost when he made the pass. He hit him right on the right on the tape. Like I I haven't seen anybody like that here since Pronger. Like Timonen. Like that's how long ago was that? You know what he does that we haven't seen from a player on the Flyers in a long time? No pun intended. He manipulates the D, like the way he plays. Like he makes them move wherever he wants, and then he knows where he's going to put the puck, which is extremely dangerous. That's an extremely dangerous skill to possess. And I'm excited. That's a fun player to me. That's a creative player. Um, and you combine a player with his smarts, with his vision, IQ, with the skill. Dude, that's a scary thing to have. And you heard Torch is going to use him as a rover. When I watch him play, that's when I watch, you know, past uh, games of his, I'm like, this is like a fourth, uh, a fourth person on offense here. This is not a, a defenseman. Like, don't get me wrong, he does get back and play D, and it's like it's it's amazing watching him get back. Um, but he is up in the play way more than any Flyers defenseman that I've seen. And he just, he does it with such, such ease. We have Dave, he's butter. And like, yeah, man, like he's so smooth. Like he, I feel like sometimes you're watching like a figure skater, the way he's just so uh, like graceful, the way he skates. Um, dude, uh, he's a, he's a fun player to watch, dude. I can't wait to watch him play. Uh, well, hopefully exactly he does play tomorrow. Perfect example of what you said about manipulating like the D, but like just in this scenario, the other team on the power play goal that Frost scored, he manipulated the entire penalty kill unit like to the right when he came across the line and dumped right. it back to frost. Like he opened up that shooting lane for frost. Like mm-hmm. that's the stuff that they're missing. Kind of wanted to see more of that stuff from York, but like that, that's kind of exactly what we were missing on the pe- the power play unit. And I love that towards called him a Rover. We need guys like that who just, you can take over a game if you're like that. Dude, you have here's the thing, right? The Flyers have all these shooters on the power play, but like, do they have anybody on the team that can create their own shot? I I don't think they do. Like Morgan Frost, or maybe, or for yeah. somebody else, or create a shot for your shooters. Exactly. Wait, when Mitchkoff gets here, Christ, dude, exactly. So you you know you implement a player like Drysdale into that, you know, with three shooters on the same unit or whatever, and all of a sudden he's opened on he's opening lanes left and right. It's going to be dangerous, man. He's dynamic. Like what you need on a on a on a winning team is dynamic players. You want dynamic players on your team, and that's Drysdale. Uh, watching Gautier, great shot. Is he going to be a dynamic player? Like time will tell. But if you're asking me right now, I'm going to say no. Gautier is not a dynamic player. He's a top six winger which teams need, like that's not a knock, right? Um, but Drysdale's going to, he's going to play 20 plus minutes a night. And throughout the 20 plus minutes, he's going to be helping you win in, in more ways than just scoring goals. Uh, how else can I say that, right? He's going to, he's going to be playing defense. He's going to be playing offense. He's going to be, he's going to be everywhere as this kid develops. Um, he's going to be fun, dude. And I, I'm, I'm glad, uh, 
you know, I didn't know we needed a player like that until we started watching him. And I'm like, holy shit, this kid is going to, he's going to flourish here. I'm excited. And hopefully he's just sick and it's not something else they're covering up. Now, right. more. <laughs> Jim, Jim, don't lie. How worried are you? Scale one to 10. Scale one to 10. How much do you think he's sick versus, and you know, nobody jump on me yet. We'll get there, but versus yeah, sick I, I, I think versus I are they covering sick. something up? Yeah, I, I I'm uh, 97% sure he's sick. I, I, but there's three percent that's like, oh wait a second here, we've so, seen so, this before. Exactly. So what I'll say, and this new regime has been very transparent. I have every reason to give them the benefit of the doubt and believe them. Uh, just with his hit injury history, it's one of those like, mm, um, I think he's sick. You look at his schedule when he got traded, where he had to go, like two of the coldest places on earth. You know, he had to jump all around, and he, I am sure he's sick. So, yeah, if he plays tomorrow, that'll definitely make me feel better. So, fingers crossed there. Ah, uh, you're gonna love him. He's he's just uh, he's a ball of fun every time he's on the ice. That's uh, that's all I'll say. Um, something that you wanted to really touch on, Jack, because you know I was grinding your gears last week. So, Cutter Gautier spoke in a podcast, an, an Anaheim Ducks podcast last week they didn't want to talk to the flyers they didn't want to talk to any flyers media um at any point throughout the last uh almost year uh, i don't know if i mentioned this on last week's show uh jordan hall of uh w- what's he on uh csnbc uh yeah, it's like nbc i think nbc philly uh so jordan had mentioned that they would request to speak to cutter over the summer and, and he would deny he wouldn't talk to them. He didn't want anything to do with Philly media, um, which, you know, I spoke to one of our other friends, Russ Cohen, who said, you know, that's not out of the ordinary if, you know, they're with the team and the teams don't want to let them go. But, you know, you figure in the summertime, you know, you have time to talk. So I just thought that was interesting. Uh, all of a sudden, you know, the shit's flying all over the place for, for Gautier. All of a sudden he wants to talk, right? He wants to clear his name a little bit. Um, so I'll read some of the quotes real quick. Uh, get you guys all kinds of fired up. I'm sure you guys have heard these before. Um, so he was asked, you know, why didn't you want to play for the Flyers? And his response was, it's kind of tough to talk about. Uh, I'd like to announce that it's a personal matter between myself, my family, and my agent. Uh, Gautier said, I did see one thing going around the internet. Oh, he addressed the Kevin Hayes, the whole Kevin Hayes thing. I don't know if you want to get into that in a little bit, but um you know he did mention that kevin hayes had nothing to do with it and what do you really expect him to say um so he's going to keep his reasons to himself his family and his agent and he said he think it's he thinks it's just a private matter and everything needs to stay private um you mentioned what hartnell said on i think it was spitting chicklets yesterday yeah right i i mean i called that I think it was last week, right? Uh, I mean, it just makes too much sense where one regime drafts you and says, hey, finish out your college season. We'll, you know, we'll bring you up, get you into the lineup, yada, yada, promise you a spot on the team. All of a sudden, you know, that, that regime is making promises. They're no longer here. Danny Briere comes in. Keith Jones comes in. Flyers are going to change the way they do things. Say, hey, I know so-and-so promised you this. 
this is how, you know, this is our plan here. This is what we want to do. If you're an 18, 19 year old kid, Jack, and somebody promises you, hey, you're going to get to live out your dream next season, right? New guys come in and tell you, hey, we can't promise you that. And if you if you are in camp, you're going to need to earn your roster spot. It's not going to be given to you. There's a chance that you could be playing in the AHL to start your professional career. You're an 18, 19-year-old kid, and you hear that. What's your reaction, Jack? Your honest reaction. I mean, I probably would be disappointed. Were, I would right. be disappointed. Um, if I watched hockey at all growing up and understood the sport, uh, yeah, I would, it wouldn't be the end of the world you know i mean <laughs> i'm sorry but like first off if fletcher just told him like you get drafted and it's like yeah so you're gonna play a year and you'll play on the team well then he's a jerk off like why would <laughs> you do that like that's just stupid why are you making promises why this is why you should they shouldn't have kept him as long as they did you know you want to give him all the credit in the world for trading for tippet it was the only deal on the table all he had to do was say yes. Tippett was not playing well in Florida. Obviously, a pick was involved. It was Claude Giroux. Florida was was uh, surging. Yeah, he 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 made he said yes. You know, okay, yeah, he's a genius. You know, Brent, Brent Flair is the one actually making the picks, and it's like, oh, that was that was stupid. That was stupid to do that. Uh, that being said, it shouldn't have been the end of the world for Cutter. He should try to be an adult. He should have people around him. Who, like, I remember going for like when I was 12, going for an all star game and not getting it. And my dad, like, totally, like, look, there's always somebody better. You got next year, we'll work on your game. Yeah. I didn't just quit the sport altogether and say, well, screw this. I didn't get my way. You know, like, his, I don't think his, the people surrounding him are very good either. Like, there's, because there's no way. It's like, how bad does he look to the rest of the league right now? What else did Hartnell say? Other teams who didn't even want to make an offer. Like, we don't want that clown on our team. Like, they didn't even want to make an offer for him in the trade deadlines. Like, nope, thanks. We'll make it somebody else's problem. He looks terrible to, like, the league. Even the Anaheim can't be, like, I'm sure they're happy, but I'm sure they're not completely gung-ho. I think they were a, a situation where they had a lot of embarrassment of riches particularly on defense. They have a lot of good guys coming up on defense. They have plenty of centers. They have, so they could add to the wing. They have a lot of guys, but like if I'm a team and I'm going to commit to a guy like that, I, who wants to hear that? I didn't get my way. So I immediately want out, but it's not even that it's not even just that he wanted out. They, he goes to the team. He's an American kid. Mind you, they sent one of the best American players of all time to go see him in Sweden. You don't even give him the time of day. Are you fucking serious? You got to be the lowest of the low scumbag entitled prick. And what irks me the most is there are certain people going out here and making these like non smear campaigns in cutters defense. I bet you when this came out with Hartnell, they felt fucking stupid. They're like, wow. Okay. Yeah, and that's what kills me with the whole death threat things. I really wish that didn't happen for obvious reasons, but also it gives people a reason to defend the kid and feel bad for him. You know, even even the Kevin Hayes stuff to an extent. When you break down what he actually said and thought and what was, I don't care what was promised and whatnot. Be a man, you know, be an adult. Like this is this is the NHL. You're gonna get there anyway, you know. And some a lot of times it's better for the players' growth to do it this way. We've seen it go the other way where they get rushed to the NHL. And things don't go so hot. You can make that argument for Jamie Dyson, I'll be honest with you. 
Maybe he wasn't physically ready, and that's why he was always getting hurt. You know, a lot goes to it than just pure skill. And for him to just, I, I'm 18, I'm the greatest ever, I know best, I want out, and I'm never saying another word to you guys ever again. It's the most horseshit thing I've ever heard, and he deserves every bit of criticism he gets. Stop making excuses for the kid, and he deserved to be roasted the way he was on the way out. So he can, he can fuck off. Like he, he seriously can. I understand what you're saying. I understand all well, the made of promises. The whole world is broken promises. The whole grow up, dude. I deal with it all the time. I deal with it every day. I'm sure you do. You do too, Jim. You're entitled. You're going to make millions of dollars in the NHL. God forbid you have to wait a little bit, or you could just play your ass off and make the team. Jesus Christ. But who even, why was that not an option? You're going to have to earn it. Well, I don't, shouldn't have to earn anything. I've never played a second in the NHL, but I deserve minutes immediately. A fucking prick would say, like, it's just unbelievable that somebody would think that way at 18 years old and nobody's there to tell them they're being a fucking asshole. That what's worse, the kid or the people who raised the kid or are surrounding the kid say, hey, you're kind of being a fucking idiot. Yeah, it just it blows my mind. The whole situation is a fucking joke. He deserves every piece of criticism he gets. Everybody around him deserves it. Anybody defending him deserves it. And the whole college system with the draft needs to be revised. I'm sorry, but you should not be able to pick your shots when you're 18, 19 years old. It should be an honor and a privilege to play in the NHL. They call the shots. Danny Breer of all people to talk to you like that too, Briere, who was undersized, told he couldn't make it a, a later round draft pick playing with Arizona, makes his way to Buffalo, signs his free agent deal with the, the Flyers as a fan favorite stud, works his way to you know the GM office, and he's gonna he's gonna tell Briere, oh I'm, no thanks, I want out, don't ever talk to me again. Like what fucking balls, fucking prick, like unbelievable. <laughs> I just I can't believe it. Just it, I. I can't let it go. I, I can't I can't let it go. So it's just that that it absolutely kills me that he would think that way. The more information comes out, I get all en enraged again, but I'm very happy that the Hartnell thing came out because that really showed you what a dickhead he is. And I, part of me is like, yeah, it's definitely a blessing in disguise. I don't want this I asshole here. I don't think here. that's really a bad thing. Well, I'm angry. I'm sorry. I don't want this asshole here. I really don't because people like that lead to a bad locker room, a locker room chemistry culture that we don't want. Can you imagine like the captain saying something to him? How's that going to go over? You know, he's going to, he's going to fold demand a trade. Like I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I just, you don't want that. We, we went through a bad culture and locker room for years and players like that. I don't care how good you are. It's not going to, it's not going to thrive. And I cannot wait to see how it goes in Anaheim because I, part of me doesn't think he's meant for the NHL. If he's this soft, he might, he might, I, I just don't know, but he's not a flyer. I was born to be a flyer. I was built to be a flyer. It's the biggest fucking joke I've ever heard. He look, he sounds, he sounds and acts like a kid who watched up being a big Crosby fan. <laughs> yeah, they're definitely better off without him for and for a lot of reasons you know to get a, a character player like drysdale for what we're now seeing cutter gotier as uh, i'm still amazed by that uh they i'm gonna say it now they actually i won't i don't want to jinx anything um but to me it, it looks like you know they, they could potentially win this trade here so comment from hoagie 
Fresh off uh, mailing his interview today. <laughs> uh, He's got so the wood, go. baby. We honestly should have seen this coming. Flyer social media wasn't posting any of his college highlights. We're even making it to the World Juniors. Oh, interesting observation. Uh, so, yeah, a lot of teams will post, you know, highlights of their top prospects and stuff. And I didn't notice that. That's a good eye there from yeah. uh, Hoagie Wood. It's, it, so I'm it's probably, even, like that. probably even more stuff that we didn't realize. We turned a blind eye. Look at DevCamp. People were split on that. Jim, you were pretty like, yeah, that's a problem. I was like, yeah, but I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. I was definitely wrong. And other people were like, it doesn't matter. He's playing a lot of hockey. Give him a break. He's a kid. You know? Yeah, I mean, we, once we were you turn all pro, dude, that's, that's, your, that's your career, man. That That's your life. And uh, I look at it in retrospect, and I just go, how can I go on a rant about how it's an honor and a privilege to play in the NHL? If the, your team that drafted you invites you to dev camp, you go. You find a way. You live in a trash can and make it work to be there. Like, yeah. I mean, let's be real. If it were you or me, that's exactly what we're doing. I think it was a 90% of us. That's what we're doing. But a kid like this, please you go play on the West coast where almost nobody watches the games and do whatever you got to do, pal. And when you come to Philly, you're going to get absolutely wrecked verbally. Did and I, physically. Did I see that? He said something like he's looking forward. He's circling that date for later or something, whenever it comes. Um, I'm like, is this kid stupid or something? Like well, it's a good day know. to get the flu. That's he doesn't know what he's getting himself flu. into, man. Like, I, I don't know. It's going to be think, bad. I don't, I don't, yeah. I, Every the for the is, rest of his career, when he comes to I, Philly, it's people aren't going to forget that. about that, man. I can't wait. The day I will truly fall over laughing, holding my side is when he asks for a trade from Anaheim. Mm. I don't care the reason. I, I it's gonna, something's gonna happen. This is who he is. He's that guy. Uh, you ever hear that? Hear, oh, you that. don't be that guy. He's that guy. He is. Yep. And he's not our problem anymore. Uh, and, and I'm glad that I don't have to, you know, watch him to post the stuff. I was afraid to post negative shit about him on Twitter. God forbid. Not you me. can't say anything negative about Flyers prospects. And, and Well, not just that. I noticed that a lot of other media outside of the Flyers media, they're, they're very, they really don't say anything about Gautier. Some people would, but most people like, it was like, oh, the way the Flyers handle it, his camp. Nobody actually came out and was like, say anything about the kid. They like danced around it. I was like, mm -hmm. okay, he's young. I get it. He's an adult. He's still an adult. And I'm, I'm sorry. That to me is an absolute. And I, there's gotta be other players looking at this being like, is this kid fucking serious? Are you kidding? You know what I did to get to the NHL? Think about all the fourth liners out there. The third liners out there had to reinvent their game because they couldn't make it a top sixers. But knew they could play in the NHL, what they had to go through, you know, and this, this privileged asshole is going to pull this crap. This is one thing that I do appreciate about the NHL. And I'm not, I'm not sure if other sports are like this. Uh, I'm sure they are, but uh, the only, I mean, we follow hockey pretty religiously. Um, I, I like that. There's still the respect thing. Do you know what I mean? Um, like you, you know, you haven't done this yet. You know, so you can't get here until you do this kind of thing. Or, you know, if you want to make the team, you show up for the little things. You show up for dev camp. You know, it's, it's, it's like you said, it's, dude, it's, it's an NHL development camp. You're not too good for it. You're 18 year old, 19 year old kid. You know what Tortorella was going to do to him, Jack, when he got here? He was going to break him. 
He was going to mm-hmm. humble Cutter Gauthier. He was. He was going to break him like a horse because Gauthier has that ego. And uh, what you see with Torts, he breaks that real quick. If you're not a team guy, you're probably not going to be around. And so they did a, I think they did a favor to Gauthier and maybe they even did a, actually, I'm not sure if they did a favor for Torts because part of me believes that he does enjoy doing that to guys. You know, they come in with this big ego and he's like, ah, nah. This one's going to be all fresh mine. meat. Fresh yeah, meat. yeah, yeah. Really, I think yeah. he enjoys it. But yeah, like um, a drill sergeant. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, this fucking guy walking in with his nose up in the air. Wait till I get my hands on him, kind of thing. And uh, you know, fortunately or unfortunately, we're not going to get to see that. But um, Drysdale, man, and you could you could even see Torts talking about Drysdale. Like he he was like smiling through his words when he was talking about Drysdale, um, which gets me excited because you don't see Torts act like that very often yeah. so uh yeah um i don't know what what else do we want to get to on Gotia? anything because we were kind of talking before the show like oh let's get some topics together and here we are an hour and 10 minutes in the only the only thing i'll say is like with the hartnell thing it's like all the speculation and all the rumors we heard this one hands down makes the most sense and to me when we're like okay did did hayes maybe subtly say something and you know again i said probably but i don't see it as a nefarious like an attack on the organization like just bullshitting you know he may have let something slip or who knows yeah you know, I, I, I really don't know i what i do know or i'm pretty damn sure is it was not the reason this was far and away the reason and it's why gotier won't come out in every interview he's had and flat out say what his reasoning was if you notice every interview, he's, he alludes, he dances around it. I had to do what's best for my career, and that's play immediately because I'm the greatest of all time. That's all it is. We now know. We now know what it is. It had nothing. It really didn't have much to do with with Kevin Hayes, in my opinion. It had nothing to do with oh the cap. They Fletcher overages on the cap. No, they had a contract ready for him. They were good to go. It's not that. That's off. That's off. And it was we alluded to that. However, they spoke to him about joining the team. It didn't translate well based on what Hartnell said, which I trust. It was pretty like you're going to have to earn your, your spot because that's how it works here. We've gone the other way and it don't work well. And that was just way too much for the fifth overall pick to handle in a <clears throat> weaker draft. You know, and it was just way too much for him to handle. And that, it, it, that all makes sense. A guy who's that entitled, that seems like something that'll crack his fragile ego. You know, the, and I, I can see him reacting that way. So do you ever have that friend who like lost at something and like subtly gives you shit for a month? You know what I mean? Like, like he's that guy. Like, I, I can see it. Like, it, like he probably went home and cried. You know what I mean? Like I'm, if he's not the bestest and it, some of that can be channeled into like a competitive player this is way too weak on the other end for that. This is the weakest shit I've ever heard. He deserves, again, he deserves every negative thing that comes his way. And I'm glad it's not this other cop out shit that people who are trying to defend him are saying. Oh I my mean, God. Dude. Let actually, me, let me bring ahead. up that one thing. Cause there's one dude who I don't want to say I have anything personal out for him, but anytime he says or does something dumb, I have to bring him up and, um, is it me? No, nah. <laughs> of course not. Um, I see. I even feel bad bringing up names like that. 
Um, so I kind of just stopped myself, but there's somebody out there and he's a prospect writer, put out an article. Um, I guess it was a pro cutter Gautier article trying to defend his character. And what he did was he interviewed teammates, coaches of cutter Gautier's and basically anybody that knew him so that he could write this little, it looked like basically Gautier's agent wrote the article because it was all, you know, pumping up Gautier's, uh, character and this and that and you know you don't need anybody to convince you what kind of person or what kind of kid cutter gotier is he you you see it in his own interviews um it was a hackstall wakeboard article (laughs) that's uh anthony checking in there um so the particular writer uh was i think he was making fun of tortorella in the comments because tortorella what did he say i don't know cutter from a hole in the wall or something um and then I think Johnny put something together today of, of Carter telling the story about when he met Tortorella. Yeah. And at yeah, the end he put yeah. in, <laughs> that yeah. was pretty good. Um, but yeah, so it was Scott Wheeler put this whole article together, how he interviewed all Cutter Gauthier's friends, teammates, coaches. And my first thought is, all right, so you're interviewing everybody that knows and loves this kid and you think they're going to fucking tell you something bad. Do you want so, the truth? Chip, you know what makes me laugh about that? They do the same exact things to people who they think just murder their wives. <laughs> Seriously. And the defense will like let out a, 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 an article or a newsreel of the like, what was that guy who killed his pregnant? They think killed his pregnant wife's. Uh, I just was watching a documentary on it. It's from like the early 2000s. Same thing. Friends and family like, oh, he's a great guy. He wouldn't hurt a fly. He wouldn't do that. What, what friend or family is going to come out and be like, yeah, I think he did it. Like, you know what I mean? Right. Like, it's, it's ridiculous. Nobody's going to be like, he was a prick growing up. It's probably my fault as his father. Like, are you kidding me? I, there are just such a waste of time, those articles. I'm sorry, but it is. If you take heavily one side of something like that, what do you think they're going to say? Why even bother? If you went the other end, okay, now we have an article and something actually worth reading. But if you're going to do something like that, it's a fluff piece. That's all it is. And and it's, it's Bush league and you ain't, I ain't ain't buying it. You're not fooling me. So please, I I love what the Flyers did. Me too. I I love you. They didn't stop. You know why? Because they stuck up for themselves. Well, that's the other thing. I don't know if it was, I don't want to throw the wrong guy under the bus. I don't know if it was like a Pierre Lebrun or a Craig Button. I'm not sure. But somebody had come out and said they didn't like the way the Flyers, they kept it under wraps. But once he was traded, they said something. I'm sorry. It was was Button, I think, yeah. Uh, Why? What are we worried about? Is this not the the National Hockey League? Is this not like – it's us versus everybody else. So what are we worried about here? I agree. I think the Flyers responded perfectly, you know, and the – in the past, you know, the corporate flyers might have just, you know, put their tail between their legs and would have easily been the laughing stock of the league. Oh, some 18-year-old, 19-year-old kid doesn't want to play for the flyers. Look how embarrassing that is. No, instead, they made an amazing trade and they went on a, a fuck Carter Gauthier tour for for a week now. They're doing this stuff. But at the same time, at the same time, like, of course, they definitely have the right to say, if you don't want to play here, then you can, and nobody wants you, get out. Why is that bad? Explain right. to me why that's wrong. Right. And on top of that, because Gautier doesn't have the balls to come out and say what actually happened, nor do they have the balls to meet the team to their face and tell them why. 
To me, or, that's or, fucking that's or give embarrassing, them, dude. It is embarrassing. Or give them the, the very last, like, at least talk to us. Like, right. you know, here's our plan. Here's John LeClaire. He's way better than you'll ever be. Like, you know, like any of that stuff, you know, he would he, have the balls to do that. But the Flyers come out and just basically say what happened. Giving, hey, nobody's holding, there's no gag order on Gote to defend himself here. Go ahead, say what happened, but he won't because that's exactly what happened. He knows how bad he'll look if he comes out and say, I was promised I would get top line minutes or at least make the team. And Danny Breer had the gall to tell me, well, you're going to have to earn it because there's other actual NHL players here who played NHL games, you know, and we know you'll get there eventually, but maybe not year one. Well, yeah, I will never wear an AHL jersey in my life. That is utterly ridiculous. That is a horrible effing joke. Like, are you <laughs> just, I still can't wrap my head around it. Like, that it, it explains everything. It explains why he's hush hush and alludes to shit and bring, they keep bringing up death threats, which we're wrong. I'm not, you know, forgetting that. However, it keeps getting brought up because it's the only thing they can shed on Gautier to give him any kind of sympathy. That's it. That's the only thing. That's why it keeps getting brought up and oh, how this poor kid, wah, fucking wah, you know. But meanwhile, the Flyers are over here like, this is what happened. This is what he said. This is what we said. I see zero wrong with that. Zero. This they this organization, this front office said they're going to be full transparency with the fans. That's exactly what they're doing here. And we know we're smart enough to know not to hear this shit before he's traded because we know how this league works. We're smart fans. We follow the team. We're passionate. We know that stuff can't come out because they have to get value for the guy. And that's exactly what they did. They have to look out for number one. And number one is the Flyers. Fuck this kid. If you don't want to play here, he wants to be a little prick, you can go fuck off to South Southern California. What do you think about this one, Jack, from Vegas? Whoa. Jeff Merrick's show bashed the Flyers management and ownership on how they handled it too. Here's my thought real quick. If the Flyers are pissing off guys like Jeff Merrick, they're doing something right, in my opinion. I, I always find myself on the opposite end of the spectrum uh, on the shit that Jeff Merrick gets pissed off about personally. And I'm glad the Flyers did something to piss them off. So I, I want to I see. I listened to the, so I've heard some things. Nothing too bad. What I've noticed is, um, oh my god, I can't believe I'm blanking. Who's on a show with him? Elliot Friedman. Friedman, thank you. I heard more from Friedman. You know, being like the, the Flyers did this and they did that, and kind of like not killing Gote, but kind of alluding to subtly to the flyers we were a little kind of dicks and i just kind of roll I mean, my eyes were. i mean they were though well, well i mean after the fact and it's like but i i don't i don't understand i don't understand why that's wrong because he's a kid well i'm sorry how much do you know how much money these organizations bring in and how a top five pick to a rebuilding team how important that is so to pull this petty shit over nothing, like that's massive. Like this team has gone through ten years of a travesty, an absolute travesty. The fans, the loyal fans, the fans. Let's be real, hockey of the all the sports. It's four. We know it's it's below baseball, hockey, below baseball, basketball, and football. We know that. So that the fact that we're gung ho about our team the way we are. Say what you will about us. 
And where this our management is, they understand the fans. This new regime understands the fans, Keith Jones, Danny Briere, more than anybody. They're an extension of us. And that's what we want. That's like people who complain about the the announcers or to their homies, their um care about the home team too much. Who's their market? Right. Who's their market? Homers. Sorry, couldn't think of the thing. They're homies. Yeah. They're homies. <laughs> uh, they're homers. Well, yeah, who, 90% of their market is Flyers fans. Of course they're going to be that way. So nobody gives a rat's ass what some you know league podcast has to say. At the end of the day, who's the asshole? Who did something wrong? Originally, it was this entitled prick who earned nothing. Everything he's done until this point has been an audition for the NHL because we've seen plenty of players come in here, top draft picks. You think of the Yakupovs, you think of guys like that. They come in here, set this franchise back years because they're busts, because they were handed everything. You were the top pick. You go right to the NHL. Oh, shit, you can't play. Happens all the time. I'm not even saying that's the case with Gautier. Is it really that big of a deal to say, we just want you to earn it? This is the league. This is it. This is the top. This is the show. I mean, the fact that this is even a conversation with these kids now shows you how soft they are. We need to be handed everything now. It's the most millennial fucking thing I've ever heard. I mean, uh, so uh, I guess I can understand that, that there are people out there that would have liked to have seen the Flyers handle it uh maybe you could say with more class maybe i think this they needed to handle it that way because they cannot allow players to walk all over them in the future like if they're teaching they're teaching players hey if this is how if this is what's going to happen on your end this is how things are going to shake out on our end you know we're going to smear the shit out of you you know it's not going to be good luck you know, wish your future success. It's going to be you're a moron. You know what I mean? You fucked up, and we're going to make sure everybody knows that you're a piece of shit. Not to mention, not to mention, I'm sure most GMs feel this way. This should have been putting other college players on notice. Like, if you pull this bullshit with our franchise, things are going to change real quick. Yeah. We call the shots. We have been in this business for years. Almost all of them are former players or coaches in some way, shape, or form. We run this team. Not you. We run this team. You do not call your shots as a goddamn teenager. It's not right. how this works. Exactly. That's a joke. That's way more important than, oh, well, the kids' feelings were hurt. Fuck you. Fall in line. Make your, you know, prove yourself in the NHL. Maybe then I'll give you some uh, some leeway. But this, come on. This is a joke. I, it's just, again, it's how soft society is. Oh, what did Hitler? You got to be careful. Shut up. Not in Philly. Not here, bro. That's why everybody hates us and good. You can all fuck off. That's it, dude. Yeah, you got to te- I mean, you know, you got to be what you are. You got to show people how you're going to do things. Um, I-, I was wondering if in the future this might hurt. I mean, maybe teams should consider more. Like, hey, if we're going to draft an NCAA kid, we better make damn sure he's going to play here. You know, this way we can avoid the, avoid the whole Carter Gauthier situation. Um, and, uh, you know, the Flyers probably tried to make sure he wanted to play for them, and he just lied. Um, so I don't know. I, I wonder if, if anything's going to change like that in the future. Um, 
So that's all. Good discussion. Well, me, well hold on real quick. Let me throw you one scenario here. Tell me yeah. I'm wrong, okay? Well, I was discussing how a top pick, like screwing you like that, can set your franchise back years. Let's go back to the Oilers, okay? Say Connor McDavid's a college guy. He's a USA guy. And he pulls this crap. They might have to move out of Edmonton because they've been that bad for that long. And the one pick they thought they had that could change things up and leaves and they get no, nothing for him. Nothing. I mean, that is millions and millions of dollars and jobs down the friggin' tube. Mm-hmm. I mean, now maybe they don't move, but it's very, very, very bad for the league. It's a horrific look. I truly believe that something should be done with this college shit. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm just, maybe I'm just salty. I don't know. But we've all for years have been in a place where you get drafted, you play for that team. You don't have to play for that team your entire career, but you can you play for that team. Give them the benefit of the doubt. Like they gave you for drafting you and taking that risk on you, especially that high in the draft. They are counting on you. And you just pull this shit. I'm sorry. I'm not on board for that. You can't change my mind. That's bullshit. It's an honor and a privilege to play in the NHL. That's the end of the conversation. Be grateful. I would agree. I would agree. Um, all right. Uh, we want to wrap up with that, Jack? I guess. I'll just probably stay, <laughs> I mean, we probably keep stay going. on it. I might say yeah, something I mean, else that gets me canceled. Like, I'm on fire. Um. Yeah, I mean, we're almost an hour and a half in. The... Nah, you pass a casino bill to build it. I think he's talking about Arizona there. Sorry about that. All right. Um, about an hour and a half into the show. Great conversation. We're going to put a bow on this one. Flyers are home for at least their next three games. They're home tomorrow night against the Dallas Stars, and which should be a good test. And then they are home for a back-to-back over the weekend, two matinee games, uh, 1 o'clock on Saturday against the Colorado Avalanche. And Sunday, I'm drawing a blank, Jack. Do you know who they play Sunday? Um, I don't, but I will for sure find out for you right now. Maybe one of the guys in the comments, uh, help us out. I'm going Senators drew drew's coming home, Mm, baby. Okay. There you go. Um, yeah. So three games, uh, in the next four days and they cap it off with an Ottawa game on Sunday. We'll, uh, we'll see how this goes. They're riding a four game streak. We'll, we'll be, will we be talking about a seven game win streak when we come back? Next week? I don't know. I kind of hope so, man. 13 games over 500. Maybe they might be in first place the next time we talk, Jack. Could you imagine? Oh, Jimmy. Could you Jimmy. imagine? You got me. They're... You said that, and the first thing I wanted to do was look up the Rangers schedule. Let's look it up real quick. Uh, they're four games. Or they're four points back. A th- another three wins will put them at six. They'd be two points up. They'd be two points up. Let's see. So who'd you say? So I know the Flyers have Dallas tomorrow, Senators on Sunday. Did I miss anything? Colorado on Saturday. Oh, jeez. Yeah, kind of a tough order there. I'm going to say they go 1-1-1 one, one, and one in the next three. I mean, I'll take that. Yeah. Oh, jeez. You tell me. It really seriously gives me the Texas Rangers. Come on. Texas. Got a lot of people hanging out tonight. I'll thank they everybody got, in the comments. Go ahead. They got, yeah, and it was good conversation, too. It wasn't bullshit. They got they're at Golden Knights tomorrow. Ooh. They're at the Kings on Saturday. And we'll just see if they're playing Sunday or Monday for that next game. That sounds like a road trip. 
Are they out west? It would appear so. Um, let's see. So nothing tomorrow. Oh, I'm sorry. No, they played the um, Knights tomorrow. Kings on Saturday. Nothing. It doesn't look like anything Sunday. Oh, Ducks. Eh. Ducks Sunday. And right. uh, nothing on Monday. So, I mean, hey, two two tough matchups, but they are pretty damn good. So does look All like right. a definite rest uh, coast trip. Yeah, Vegas. Interesting. So maybe they shorten the lead a little bit. Um, oh, dollar dogs in case you're hungry. You get there a little early, I guess. Oh, it's um, Sunday? Yeah. Yeah, if you guys are going to be there, let us know. Jack will be there Saturday. And I'll be there Sunday. Maybe we can hang out, grab a, grab a drink or something. Uh, what about tomorrow? Is anybody going tomorrow, Jim? Oh, anybody going to the Dallas game tomorrow? Jim will be in the box. I'll be on the floor. Come say yeah. hi. Yeah, let's hang out, guys. Uh, I want to thank everybody that hung out with us in the chat tonight. Vinit, as always. Decrow, that's a cousin Dom a hanging out. Yeah. Anthony well, DeMayo. I'll be going with him. <laughs> there you go. There was a oh, lot awesome. of – A couple people I hadn't seen in a while. Uh, a couple yeah, people that I didn't see. All great stuff. Just kept the conversation Sports, going. Sir. I really appreciate it. I love playing off the Hoagie, comments. So keep it up, guys. Yeah, you guys made this a fun show. We were kind of kicking around topics. Like, and, all right, we're um, gonna fill an hour tonight. Anthony Mayo, he's gonna be a guest sometime soon. He told me personally, so hey, just keep an go. eye out for that. Okay, so he's gonna. We're gonna see his face. So, all right, all right. That's gonna do it for the episode, boys and girls. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube. Do us that favor, please. Give us a like as well while you're at it. And if you listen to us as a podcast, please make sure to listen uh, on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Uh, if you listen on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review. I guess it helps in, uh, you know, it helps get us more uh, listens and and such like that. So uh, always appreciate everybody that hung out. We'll be back next week, hopefully talking about more wins. Have a good weekend, everyone. Good night. Right.